Hello, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles, and you're listening to Jerry McGee, and this is August the 7th, 2018. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, we, we're on the radio the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m., so get your friends to listen in, and um, we'll be uh, praying for anyone that wants to a special prayer at the end of the meeting. So if you would like us to pray for you, call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. We'll be happy to pray for you. And so uh, the title of the message tonight, or to, <laughs> it's still daytime, but anyway, in the evening, is uh, the importance of having a clear conscience. And let me begin with prayer. Father, I just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And thank you that you are our healer, our deliverer, our savior. Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Father, I pray tonight that your Holy Spirit will move mightily upon each person who listens in. God, I praise you and bless you that you said I'll receive power after which the Holy Spirit comes upon us. uh, And I'll be witnesses. And Lord, I want to be a witness. I pray that every person... Uh, who's listening will have their life changed. I pray that the insights of this message, Lord, I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray that you touch each heart. I pray that all of us, Lord, will be encouraged, be blessed. I ask you to cover every person who's listening in, uh, cover Dorothy and her family and me and my family and the things that concern us, Lord, with the blood of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask that the eyes of every heart be enlightened, I just bind every person to the truth that sets them free, the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, a spirit of repentance in Jesus' name. Thank you that I've been raised to sit with Christ in heavenly places for above principalities and powers. And I take my seat in the heavenly places and I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth I forbid you to work with communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in the name of Jesus. I make your power over our president. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will fill our president with wisdom, knowledge, uh, spirit of counsel, might, excellence, extraordinary wisdom, knowledge, insight, dreams, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas and solving of difficult problems. I pray that upon us, too, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will take human words and let them say more than they could normally say. Take human ears and give them the ability to hear more than they could normally hear. I bind and break every word, curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, incantation, divination, assault, assignment, attachment, voodoo, magic, black magic, sorcery, witchcraft, words of death, words of iniquity, curses, assignments, satanic rituals spoken over Dorothy, her family, me, my family, the things that concern us over every person who's listening in over our president and those who are helping our president. In the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus, Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us and around us to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. You know, without a, without a clear conscience, it's impossible to have a strong faith in God. 
you know, at one time in my life, the Lord was convicting me uh, of something, and yet, you know, you keep your conscience, you keep kind of talk yourself out of it. Well, I'm really not doing anything wrong. Lord, is this you talking, or is that you talking? And you're constantly, if you have an area of your life where there's any area that's not surrendered, you will uh, live under condemnation. You'll be constantly thinking, God, are you mad at me? You have no faith to believe that God's protecting you. You know that curses may be coming against you and you and you fear, are they lighting? But I can tell you the minute you surrender that area to the Lord, faith is increased. You don't have that fear that God doesn't hear your prayers. The scripture says in first um first John three twenty one, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence in, in God. And that word confidence means not only faith and trust in God, but it means freedom of speech. Whenever you don't have a clear conscience with any particular person, you don't have freedom of speech with that person. And the Lord really showed me this when I pastored a church. There were some people I could just correct like I could correct my children, but there were others that would be like a wall would be up. And God was always using that to show me there was something in my life that was reminding me of this other person or what this person was doing. Something was in my heart that needed to be corrected. But faith comes. The scripture, the scripture says faith is the fruit of the Spirit. And I remember another time when um, this was a different story, uh, not related, but I got a crick in my back and I was asking people in the church to pray for me. And one of the men in the church prayed for me and anointed with me with the oil. And this little voice said, you're not healed. And I wasn't, I kept thinking the crick would work out and it didn't. And the next week I did a word study on back and I repented over, I think there was like 300 scriptures. And when I was dressing, uh, I was looking in the mirror and I had this, thought from the Holy Spirit, you're healed. And my spirit man went, yes. And I still had a crick in my back, but I couldn't doubt that I was healed. And by the time I got to church, the crick was totally gone. And the Lord showed me that when our conscience is clear, he imparts to us the gift of faith. So if you have any area of your life where you're not surrendered to the Lord, God wants us to live totally surrendered to him. Any area that's um, convicting us or uh, condemning us or causing us to live in guilt. It's an issue of our conscience not being cleared. The scripture says, and I believe it's in Psalm 68. I didn't take time to look up the scripture, but it says, if for if I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear me. So if I have any area where my conscience is not clear, then I have iniquity in my heart, and I don't have the faith to believe that God's going to answer my prayers. And so without a clear conscience, you're going to live under a spirit of condemnation and under a cloud of guilt. It says in Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the spirit and not the flesh. Many believers will quote, quote the first part of that scripture, and they'll say, there's no, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But it goes on to say those who walk in the spirit and not the flesh. And you know, when we walk in the spirit, that's a picture of us dying to our life so that the life of Christ might live through us. It's a picture of us letting go of our life. It's a picture of us crucifying our flesh, 
denying our, our flesh, denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following the Lord. And can I tell you that when, you're, when you are not walking in the Spirit, you live under condemnation. And so God wants us as believers to make it a priority in our lives to keep a clear conscience. Paul said in Acts 23:1, Brethren, I have lived my life with, perfect, with a perfectly good conscience before God unto this day. Can you say that, that you live with a perfectly good conscience? Before God to this day, he goes on to say, in view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. And I just want to interject this here. Paul was saying that his forefathers had a good conscience. Well, say you have forefathers that were perverted and they were crooked and they were liars and thieves and whoremongers. You could have an unclear, you could be born with a conscience that's not clear. And so in getting deliverance and healing, you need to work, you need to deal with generational stuff as well as your own personal sin. Praise God. You know, in 1984, an Ivanka, Airlines crashed in Spain, and uh, the investigators, when they began studying the accident, uh, they made an eerie discovery. They discovered that the little black box in the cockpit, uh, which records things, revealed that several minutes before the plane crashed, the, the, um, the little recorder began to say, pull up, pull up, pull up. And the pilot, thinking that it was malfunctioning, he just said, shut up, gringo, and turned it off. And just moments later, that plane crashed into the side of a mountain, and everyone on the plane was killed. And, you know, this is a perfect example of our conscience, which warns us if we need to pull up, if we need to stop doing what we're doing. It's a perfect example of the way... Most people treat their guilt, which is the warning messages that their conscience is sending to them. You know, years ago, my dad gave me a beautiful new car, and it had a computer in the car, and it said when, whenever the gear shift was a little out of whack, it would say system problem. So when you and I lose our peace and we, our conscience is not clear, we have a system problem. And if we want to have a strong faith in God and if we want our prayers answered and if we don't want to live under condemnation, then we need to to see to it that our conscience is cleared. And praise God, the good news is that that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all uh, defilement if we uh, appropriate it to our lives. Our conscience is the automatic warning system in our life that cries out something is wrong, pull up lest you crash and burn. And that's a, that is the, if we continue to harden our heart when God is dealing with us, eventually we will crash and burn. So the time to repent is now and don't let it go on any longer. The conscience Puritan Richard Sibbs said in the 17th century is the soul reflecting upon itself. The conscience has an innate ability to, uh, to sense right and wrong. And, you know, everyone, even the most unscriptural heathen, has, um, 
has a conscience. Romans 2, 14 and 15 says, when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, not ha- these not having the, the law are a law unto themselves, that, th- that they show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their consciences bearing witness, is bearing witness and their thoughts alternate, alternately accusing them or defending them. You know, isn't that what we do if God's convicting us of something and we don't want to let go of it? Then we keep justifying ourselves. Well, what I'm doing is not really, um, not really wrong, or, or maybe God's not talking to me. So our conscience alternately um, accuses us or defends us. The conscience entreats you to do what you believe is right, and it restrains you from doing what you think is wrong if you're wise enough to listen to your conscience. David was speaking to was seeking to have his life and his conscience uh, cleansed in in Psalm fifty one ten when he says, "And David prayed, created me a created in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit, that I might teach transgressors thy ways and sinners might be converted." And let me just say this: if you're in a struggle of letting go of something that God's telling you that you must let go of and you're trying to justify yourself, and you don't want to let go, pray that God gives you the gift of repentance. That's what I did at this time in my life when uh, God was dealing with me about something, and I didn't want to let go of it. And I began to pray, Lord, if this is you, I ask you, God, to give me the gift of repentance. And God Mm -hmm. will give you the gift of repentance. It's a gift. You take it. Praise God. The Apostle Paul spoke of, of the importance of a clear conscience and he warned against anything that would defile or muddy our conscience and when we're a stumbling block to other people we actually wound their conscience or we uh, we defile their conscience and that's found in in first corinthians 8 verse 7 and speaking of food and so if food would wound someone's conscience how much more would sexual abuse or um, gossip or slander or somebody being put through a ritual or theft or whatever. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 8, 7, However, not all men have this knowledge, but some, being accustomed to the idol until now, eat food as if it were sacrificed to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. For if someone sees you who have knowledge dining in an idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols in other words if you're a stumbling block and you're you're doing something that you shouldn't in front of a weak brother you're strengthening strengthening his conscience to do exactly what you're doing and uh, i thought of this i remember a time in my life and in earlier years my husband was a vice president of a bank and we were invited to all these bank problem uh, parties and i knew that i was a witness for the lord and most people knew that i was an outspoken witness for the Lord and I wouldn't even drink a Coke or a glass or a a glass of water at these banking conventions that just flowed with uh, alcohol because I didn't want someone to think that I was drinking and um, and not that so much not that it's so much a sin to take one drink I'm not saying that but so suppose I just took one drink 
and somebody saw me drinking that and they admired me and respected me and then they became an alcoholic, then I would be a stumbling block to that person. I would strengthen their conscience because it was weak to do something that they saw me do. And so whenever we wound someone's conscience by the things we do, we're really being a stumbling block. Verse 11 says, for through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined the brother of, for whose sake Christ died. And so by seeing against the, the brethren and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. First Timothy 4.2 says, By the means of hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. You know, people can have their conscience seared. You know, it says in Hebrews, Today when you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. You know, it's kind of like uh, the way a good example of that is if you can put a fro- uh, maybe put a frog in water that's not hot and stand him in it, and you gradually increase that water, eventually, he if you do it gradually, he'll just stand there till he dies. And so we can sear our conscience by saying, no, God, no, God, no, God, no, God, and keep on saying no to God. And we actually harden our our heart and we sear our conscience as with a branding iron. You know, people that are psychopaths or serial killers or habitual liars or pathological liars and other people who seem to lack a moral sense are an extreme example of people who have desensitized their consciences. And so we need to be careful that we don't harden our heart or... um, cause our conscience to be seared over but for the christian the conscience is a tremendous asset of uh, a spiritual growth your conscience is your heart if you don't have a clear conscience it's impossible to have to operate in faith beloved if your conscience does if your heart does not condemn us in first john three twenty one, we have confidence which is faith and trust in god and freedom of speech before god if you're a person that fears, fears speaking the truth in love, it's because that your conscience is violated and there's something about the person you don't speak the truth in love to that um, is, keep, is reminding you of something that you need to deal with in your own heart. And this is just, uh, so fear of man, you know, if, if, if our conscience is clear, not clear, we have fear of man. As believers, we're to take uh, having a clear conscience. We need to take it very serious and make it a priority in our life. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And we cannot live a holy and sincere life and be cut off from the grace of God in the areas where our conscience is not clear. 2 Corinthians 1.12 says, For our proud confidence is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you. And that's the way we're to live in this world, to be a light that shines out. Jesus told the disciples to let your light so shine before men 
that they see your good works and glorify my Father who's in heaven. And without a clear conscience, we'll be shipwrecked. Some place down the line, if we keep on saying, no, God, no, God, no, God, if we're his child, he's going to discipline us. First Timothy 1.19 says, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. In the areas where our conscience is defiled, um, we live in fear and unbelief. And uh, fear, lots of different fears. Fear God's not listening. Fear that our prayers are not getting answered. Fear that he's not keeping the curses off us. Fear he's not going to protect us. Fear we're going to get sick. And you could just go on and on. You know, fear is faith in what the devil's telling you instead of faith in God. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And nothing is pure in our consciences. And our minds because we have a defiled conscience. Uh, Titus 1.15 says, To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. And, you know, this is just a picture. Have you ever known a person where everything's always negative? Just uh, no matter what you do or what you say, it's always negative. Well, that's a defiled conscience. And also, without a clear conscience, we'll not conduct ourselves uh, uh, honorably in this world. First Timothy three nine says, "But do nothing to the mystery, but I'm sorry, but but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience." And that's how we're to hold on with a clear conscience. Hebrews thirteen eighteen says, "Pray for us, for we are." sure that we have a good conscience concerning a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things keeping a clear conscience will cause people who revile us to be put to shame first peter 3:16 says and keep a good conscience so that those so that the thing that you're being slandered for for the things you're being slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And without a clear conscience, we'll not have a favor in the eyes of God and people. First Peter 2.19, for this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. And so our suffering shouldn't be justly. Uh, we shouldn't be getting what we deserve. We should be suffering for uh, for the injustice to forgive and to love people and to pray for people that hurt you. Scripture says, "Overcome evil with good." And uh, and so the telltale signs of us not having a clear conscience: number one is fear, worry, doubt, shame, unbelief. Um, our speech is restricted. We live under a cloud of guilt, shame, suspicion, bondage, sickness, accident, anger at yourself and anger at others, failure, defeat, lack of confidence that God's listening or to your prayers or answering your prayers or protecting you. You lack that confidence. 
Remember, 1 John 3, 21, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence, faith, and trust in God. And, of course, the solution to having a clear conscience is total surrender. Whatever that thing is that you're holding on to, let go. And take time each day to inform your conscience by being in the Word of God. You need to know what God's Word says and what God believes about everything. Never think you're going to walk in victory and live an overcoming Christian life if you're not in the Word of God. And never trust uh, yourself, but trust God. And never train yourself to harden your heart or to ignore your conscience, but respond quickly to the warnings of your conscience. And then cleanse your conscience through consistent confession of sin. The good news in Hebrews nine fourteen. How much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? And God has a throne of grace that we can go to that throne of grace, get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected, or we can come short of the grace of God. Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Proverbs fifteen thirty two says, He who loves he who neglects discipline of the Lord despises himself. So there's self hatred also. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. And of course understanding is the truth that sets me free. It says in Hosea, the people without understanding are ruined. I need understanding. Understanding, this says in Proverbs, is to turn from evil. The beginning of wisdom is to turn from from evil. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And I'm going to lead you in prayer. And um, I just want to speak directly to the areas that you're holding on to, the areas where God's bringing conviction, where you've justified yourself, where you've uh, been in denial about the things that God's speaking to you, about the fear of letting go, fear of not having pleasure, the pleasure of sin. The the scripture says it's a pleasure for for a season. It's a pleasure. But destruction is at the end. Pray with me if you're listening and you can agree. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you for the gift of repentance. I ask you for the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance, and the gift of repentance. And, Lord, I want to let go of those things that I've been holding on to. I want to totally surrender my life to you. I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me, Lord, for holding on to my life. Forgive me for violating my conscience. Forgive me for watching things on TV and movies and things where people take your name in vain. Forgive me for defiling myself through movies, through the world, through the world system. Forgive me for doing things that I know that I shouldn't do. Forgive me for being a stumbling block and wounding other people's consciences. 
Lord, forgive me for hardening my heart when you've said, when I hear your voice, to not harden my heart. Forgive me that the goal of my instruction hasn't been love from a pure heart. Forgive me, Lord, for I, I ask you, Lord, I pray the prayer that David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit that I might teach transgressors thy ways and sinners be converted. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for uh, not living a holy and sincere life. Forgive me for ignoring the warnings of my conscience. God, I'm on the verge of shipwreck. Thank you for giving me a word to deliver me from being shipwrecked or destroyed. In Jesus' name, and if the Lord has shown you anything else, if you're listening and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never fully surrendered your life to him or invited him to come in and be your Lord and Master, and you'd like to do that now, pray with me. Father, forgive me for all the times that I have held on to my life. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to come in and possess my body. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And, Lord, I truly choose to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you in Jesus' name. And I command every spirit uh, that has defiled their conscience, all spirits of, of uh, that has muddied their conscience, every spirit that that has come in through the sins that they've confessed to the things they're holding on to. I say in the name of Jesus, I speak life and I command every demonic spirit to go now in Jesus name. Get out in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of a stumbling block, get out. All defilement has to go. Hardness of heart. You have to leave lies, lying spirits. You have to go. Self-justification, you have to go. Denial, you have to leave. Fear of letting go of your idol, you have to go. It's all spirits of idolatry. Lord, forgive me for idolatry. All idolatry has to go in the name of Jesus. All lies, lies, unbelief and doubt has to leave now in Jesus' name. All condemnation has to go in Jesus' name. Bless you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. I thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you've done in each person's life in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that we go and sin no more in Jesus' name. If anybody wants prayer, you can call in at 646-595-784. I'm sorry. 4784. And don't forget to press 1. Thank you for listening in. You can go to my website at jerrymcgee.com, and that's G, little G, all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and that'll take you to my website, and there's free articles, free CDs to listen to, free articles to print out. My son's testimony of, um, he died of AIDS in 1989. He has a testimony on there called Todd's Greatest Regrets. You can see it. And you can watch it. And if you're into homosexual bondage or any kind of bondage, the good news is Jesus will set you free. The scripture says whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. It's the truth that sets you free. 
Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978. It's in Lindale, Texas. Our address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth, um, Duncanville, Bedford, Grand Prairie, Arlington area in Texas, uh, I have a meeting the first Saturday of each month, a deliverance ministry meeting. It's at uh, the Hilton Garden Inn. And we meet right there on Interstate 20 and Main Street, which is exit 460, I believe it's 463 or 462. And Hilton Garden Inns is on the, the south side of Interstate 20, but it's the Main Street area, Main Street exit. And if you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, you can email me or if you have a question or if I can help you in any way, email me at McGee at sbcglobal.net. That's all lowercase, G, like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at S, like Sam, B, like boy, C, like cat, global.net. And I hope you'll listen again on this the first and third Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8. And I love to hear what God's done in your life. You can email me. And I'll be glad to do whatever I can to help you or encourage you. I encourage you that you can order a booklet on on our website called Clearing the Land. There's lots of books you can order. But Clearing the Land actually is a repentance book that I did in 1985. And it's $10, and that's if it's shipped within the USA. If if it's out of the country, there's an additional shipping charge. But you can order that online, and I encourage you to get it. It's got all the curses in the Bible. It's got prayers to show you how to break curses, and you can actually get deliverance just going through the book. Even in the even the CDs that you can listen to for free, they you get deliverance just listening to those. And I'll be in Duncanville on the, Duncanville the first um, the first Saturday of each month this coming month September. 2018 my son will who is my pastor he'll be teaching and he he'll bless you so i encourage you to come out i'll be at lake hamilton bible camp in hot springs arkansas and that's august 30th through september the 2nd 2018 and if you'd like to go to that camp you can go online to lake hamilton lake l-a-k-e hamilton biblecamp.com and you can get the information. It's very inexpensive to go, and we have prayer teams that pray for people each morning. And you can, uh, we just watch people change from glory to glory. There's people that come to a lot of the camps, and every time we pray for them, we see how God's done even a greater work in their lives. So if you're needing deliverance, I encourage you to go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. I appreciate those of you who support the ministry. Um, you can do it online through. Um, through PayPal, there's a place uh, on my website where you can con- contribute or you can mail a gift to Post Office Box 1141. Appreciate it so much. And the lady that sponsors this program, if you want to send her a gift through PayPal, it's D like Dorothy, C for Dorothy, but not Dorothy, just the letter D, Churchy, one, the number one, at hotmail.com. I appreciate so much you listening in. I hope you'll listen again. 
on the third Tuesday of this month. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he make his face shine upon you and give you even greater peace. In Jesus' name.